Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. We have a great show for you today. I mean, people listen in to find out what the heck is going on in the world. And, and in New York, uh, with us today in the studio, we have Jay Nelson Happy. Uh, former uh, uh, head of the Regent School Law School, Regent University School of Law, and from Lawrence, Kansas, you're from. That's so you're true. You're a you're a Middle American common sense guy. <laughs> I am. And he I worked think. with a former uh, uh, law student with me, Jim Cooling. Yeah. And you went to uh, with Jim Cooling from Kansas City. Uh, he's my aviation lawyer. I know he is. No, he's, he's great things about and, you. And, uh, and, uh, Peter King, you were your, uh, roommate in Notre Dame. Yeah. Jim and I were roommates, and, uh, I wish any of us did as well with the girls as Jim Cooling did. He, he was a superstar. <laughs> well, I didn't know anything those days. But he never had a highway named after him. Well, King's Highway. And a county. You know? <laughs> uh, and Lydia Serrani. And by the way, I must, I was very much impressed today. The quote of the day from Elon Musk, civilization will crumble without oil and gas. And that's coming from the head of an electric car company, Tesla. And that's a guy that's smart. He's made billions of dollars. He knows what is going on. A few billion here and there. And on the line with us, one of the smartest guys I know in the military. I wish he was still in the military. Mm -hmm. Who do we have? We have a four-star general, Jack Keane. He's also the former vice chief of staff to the U.S. Army and Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. Hello, General Keane. Uh, hello. Great to be with you. Well, General, I mean, things have quieted down, but they they, they prop up once in a while in the Ukraine. Uh, what the heck is going on? Does anybody believe that the Russians are stupid enough to, to bomb uh, uh, the uh, nuclear plant there? Well, first of all, uh, uh, certainly that the nuclear power plant has become a Russian military base, and the Ukrainians certainly are blaming the Russians for doing some of the bombing that's close to the base. I find it hard to believe the Ukrainians would uh, would do any bombing themselves. There's close to 11,000 Ukrainians that work at that plant, uh, so it's, it's it, there's a significant workforce there, and the the Russians have brutalized that workforce. Um, um, likely the IAE, who's coming uh, within the next uh, day or so to visit the plant finally, uh, will will be able to make some judgments about the operational safety of that plant going forward, certainly. And, yeah, it, it, is a, it is a cause of great concern, certainly, in terms of what could happen. This is the largest nuclear facility in, in Europe. Uh, it has uh, six or seven reactors. Uh, two of them are active. Uh, the others, two are not, and they're still... Uh, connected to the Ukrainian grid. But the big news of the day, John, is that the Ukrainians have officially begun their counteroffensive in the Kherson region. Um, and they're attacking on three axes today as we speak. 
after spending many, many weeks preparing for this in what the military we refer to as shaping operations. And by that I mean they were taking down the ground lines of communication, the bridges that service uh, uh, Kherson City and making certain that those are cut off so the Russians are going to have great difficulty supplying their troops and, and hopefully the Ukrainians will be able to succeed in this much-anticipated uh, counteroffensive, which we've waited weeks uh, to unfold. And uh, G- General Keene, what happens if the reactor goes down? Well, <clears throat> the safety people at the uh, at the plant certainly know how to deal with emergency situations. I mean, the the workforce that's there is a nuclear plant workforce. Uh, What's made it a dangerous situation is the Russians have chosen to make it a military base. And they did that for obvious reasons. I mean, they did that to stroke fear uh, throughout Europe. They did it to stroke fear uh, into the Ukrainians. I think they have elevated the crisis nature uh, of this situation, uh, certainly. But the fact that the IAEA is finally getting in there to conduct some inspections is is certainly uh, noteworthy. And, And hopefully we'll get some good process and procedures out of it. I was going to ask uh, General, this is Pete King. What are the uh, odds right now as far as Ukrainians with the counteroffensive? You know, you're the career guy and obviously tremendous uh, expert on this. How, how do you see their chances with the counteroffensive? I think the chances are pretty good. I mean, they've looked at this for a long time. Uh, the United States uh, military has also, uh, based on my sources, given them some advice here. Um, they they have something going for them that the Russians do not, and that is the will to fight. And uh, we've seen that time and, and time again. One of the critical things here, John, that the Ukrainians are concerned about, they're not talking about it publicly, but privately, conducting a counteroffensive, which is by nature, as the word says, it's an offensive operation. And they haven't tried to take back significant territory uh, in the previous six months up until now. And and that that will mean they they will need a continuous flow of arms and ammunition, not go stop go stop continuous flow, and that is one of their underlying concerns because they if the United States and the Europeans don't keep up the flow of this, it could stall their offensive. Now certainly the Americans have been told this, the Europeans have been told this. It's a matter of execution. Is as far as I can see, and also the will and the resolve on the part of the United States and the Europeans. The United States has said the right thing, John. They are, senior officials have said, look, we're in this for the long game. We're in this to sustain uh, Ukraine and help them get their territory back. Well, here's, here's going to be the proof of it. The operations up to now have been certainly helpful to the Ukrainians in terms of arms and munition, but this is a very critical phase uh, we're moving into. Also, uh, our audience should know that Putin has made a strategic shift. He he knows full well now that he is in a protracted. Did we lose the general? Because his oh, operation in Donbass, his operation in Donbass region did not succeed to the degree that he wanted. He took some territory, but not all. He suffered staggering amount of casualties, and his offensive has stalled. He knows he's going to be in Ukraine for a very, very long time. 
General Jackin, can we go over to the Middle East? I saw that the U.S. Embassy employees were evacuated from the green zone by helicopter in Baghdad, Iraq. What is the latest there? Is there there simmering tensions? And then uh, after that, I want to also ask you about Afghanistan. Is there a, now a new resurgence of the Taliban based on just our catastrophic ev- evacuation from there? Yeah, well, the situation certainly has spiraled up uh, in Iraq. Uh, with the level of violence, I do believe it's temporary. Uh, I do believe the situation, uh, while always, uh, you know, in Iraq, uh, it, there's, there's a tendency uh, for this kind of thing to certainly happen. There's political factions uh, that are opposing each other that are, that are causing this violence. It's not going to change the United States' commitment to stay in Iraq. We're there because of ISIS. And remember, we had to go back into Iraq after we pulled out because of ISIS. They're still there, and we got a small force committed to that, and we're certainly helping the Iraqis uh, deal with that situation. But I see this as a temporary situation, and not it won't happen again. Uh, but it's not going to be this level of violence is not going to be sustained. General, I had Secretary Pompeo on my show yesterday on Sunday, and uh, he's talking about in Afghanistan that. Uh, this opens up all, all over again, having uh, uh, chances of our country being attacked. Well, he's right about that. And, and you know, the military leaders, the intelligence uh, leaders of uh, our intel agencies and all of our NATO partners, John, who were in Afghanistan with us. And they had 6,000 troops that they wanted to leave there. We had 2,500. President Biden was told all of this. He was told the fact that, listen, if we pull out the troops, then the NATO wanted to leave theirs. If we pull out ours, it's likely the Taliban will take over. It's not a question of if they will. It's a question of when they will. And then they will protect the al-Qaeda, who certainly are not at the scale that they were on 9-11, because we have been there making certain that that wasn't happening up until last year. But they will grow and thrive under the Taliban's protection. And that's what Secretary Pompeo is talking about. And, and, the, and President Biden was told all of this, John. That is what is so aggravating and frustrating about it. He had all the knowledge, and he was defiant, in my view, in resisting this because he believed he knew better. And he put America at risk unnecessarily as a result of that, not even to speak of the unconditional withdrawal. We came an unconditional surrender and a horrible evacuation that took place uh, under strenuous conditions that led to the loss of, you know, 13 of our great troops and 170 Afghans. Also well, it's, it's, that was General, available. those 13 of our great troops is horrible. But it's a lot worse than that. It's turning over that big air base to China because they, you know, they control it right now. And all the minerals, a trillion dollars worth of minerals that are being used by the batteries that the Chinese are making to, to supply General Motors with the battery cars. <laughs> it's just frustrating, General. Oh, yeah, very, very much so, John. I share your frustration, I'm sure. Uh, many of our uh, in our audience, so even those who wanted to leave Afghanistan, uh, certainly didn't want to see an ending like this, uh, which certainly has diminished the United States worldwide, weakened our influence, 
and certainly, as you're suggesting, has, and rightfully so, has emboldened our adversaries. Look at what's happened. Uh, Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, uh, Iran more aggressive in, in the Middle East, uh, all connected to the weakness of the United States in Afghanistan. General Keene, thank you for everything you've done for this country and continue to speak out for this country, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Yeah, always great talking to you, John, and your audience. Thank, thank you. you.